0: They know that we're not having the MI along with them. It's another thing entirely to be in the water with the victim, saying, I will swim you to safety. And right now, we are in the water with them. Hey, welcome, everybody. It is the Austin-Travis County EMS System Office of the Medical Director official podcast. I am... What? What do you mean? What do you mean it's not my podcast? Well, whose podcast is it? She called me a relatable nerd? What? Oh, Ginger Locke. White Tiger does not have to take this abuse. I have hundreds of people trying to abuse me. Fine, fine, I'll do a guest spot. Uh, I guess I'll be a supporting actor, I suppose. Fine, all right. Well, Ginger asked me to say a few words here, and... I suppose I'll try to say something that's funny and relatable and deep and all that stuff. Maybe not. Right now I'm just like totally buried by COVID and the emergency response and public health and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure pretty much is the same as y'all are. Uh, Fortunately, I got to spend a little bit of time over the weekend with my daughters and they are locked down just like everybody else is. And my wife, who's a saint, is trying to figure out how to be a good homeschool teacher, although she and I believe that schooling children should be much like flying an airplane. It should be left to professionals. Uh, but we're figuring this out as we go. But uh, get to see the kids. And one of the favorite things they love to do is uh, ride bikes on down to a little convenience store where they have slushies. And uh, we went and got us a couple of Ices or slushies, whatever you want to call them. And uh, we're sitting outside there uh, on the table. And right by us is a trash can. And there's some bees by the trash can. And so my older daughter is eleven, Juliana. She's uh, she's like, oh, bees, bees. I'm like, well, it's okay, honey. i are gonna leave you alone. They're not gonna bother you if you don't bother them. It's all good. And she's like, oh, but bees, and she, you know, she runs away from the bees and and doesn't want to be near the bees. And let's go over here. But oh no, there's more bees over there. And uh so my younger daughter, Kaya, who's seven, uh, she starts emulating that. She starts. Uh, She starts screaming every time she sees the bees, she's screaming and she cries and, uh, and all this. And I'm trying to explain to them, the bees are not going to harm them. They're they're okay. Just leave them alone. They're just doing their thing, right? It's a beautiful day out. They want to be outside just like uh, we are. Uh, And they're unmoved by this explanation and they continue to flee the bees as they move around and kaya starts crying she gets on her bike but she sees a bee and then she throws it down and can't move for fear and doesn't want to go near the bike because there's a bee nearby and she's paralyzed for fear of another bee and so i I grab her bike i roll it to her she takes it we, we ride on and we have a nice little ride home and later on i'm talking with juliana about it and uh you have to understand about these girls uh juliana just adores just dotes on her little sister little sister adores her and uh, they're such wonderful sisters and um when i'm talking with juliana i I tell her about this about how much kaya really looks up to her and and how much she respects her and wants to be like her you know her, her older sister is the model of the girl that she wants to be and and i told her if you show fear then she will have fear. And she, Juliana thinks on this and she says, but what if I have fear? I tell her we all have fear and how we show it affects how others react to it and affects their fear that they feel and they show. And so this is my thought for today. Coronavirus has created an immense amount of fear. Now that's, not difficult to see. We've lost thousands of lives to this virus and it's invisible and it's out there and it's easy to catch and it hides in people who are asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic and you can catch it very easily. So it's understandable why that fear is there. And it's easy to make fun of people in the grocery store when they're in their full scuba outfit or they're wearing a crown made of pool noodles that radiates from their skull to create personal space. Um, and it's funny to look at those things, but these are all manifestations of a very real, very deep fear and the type that many more people feel without it being as evident. Now, when people feel fear, they look for two things. One, they look for people they trust. They look for people they can follow, the people that they can journey together with in this fear. And 2 they look to do something, even if that something doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, even if it doesn't stand scrutiny in the light of day, but they want to feel like they're taking action and they're, they're fighting this uh, fear. They're beating back this monster by, by doing something. Now, I will say as rescuers, as medical providers, it's easy for us to toss a rope to a drowning man from the safety of shore, and that costs us nothing. As do the platitudes of, you're going to be okay, and we'll take care of you, and I'm sure that you'll do just fine. People survive this all the time. And we do that every day with our usual calls. Here's the thing. We're not the ones having the MI or the stroke. They are. At the end of of our shift, we are going to go home, and they are not. And they may be in the hospital, or they may be even worse. Uh, And we risk nothing. And they know it. They know that we're not having the MI along with them. It's another thing entirely to be in the water with the victim, saying, I will swim you to safety. And right now, we are in the water with them. And we say things like, in a time like this, we can't wait for the normal processes. To, to, we have to act. But I say, in a time like this, it is more important than ever to go boldly but deliberately. As harmful processes get amplified and they don't get examined thoroughly. In a time like this, it's that much more important to deal in science and fact, not supposition and theory. To swim boldly, confidently, serenely in to where the patient is so that we may swim them out. We have to make sense of an ocean of information that is out there right now. A lot of it is really good information from good sources, from places like the CDC and public health and World Health Organization. Um, But there's also an ocean of bad information out there and practices that get amplified that because some medic somewhere like, oh, I knew this medic from the next county over and they're doing this. And you look at that idea like, wow, that seems theoretically like it might be a good idea, but really they didn't think it through all that well and it's not that great an idea and here's the thing millions of people are depending on you to be brave they're looking to you for some glimmer that this is this very terrifying this confusing this lonely time is coming to an end and they're going to be okay on the other end of it they fear losing their loved ones particularly their elderly family members or the young ones with medical issues. They fear the economic ruin seems to be right around the corner as they're furloughed from their jobs or their small businesses fold under this economic pressure. They're looking for someone that looks like they know what they're doing. And that someone might as well be you. Thanks, Dr. Pickett. You're an inspiration to us all. And thanks to iSimulate for their ongoing support of the podcast. I've got good news. Soon, we will be getting back to the Thinking Series with an episode on bradycardia in the coming months. It's with Dr. Heidi Abraham. But until then, here she is playing her harp. That's right, you heard me. Her harp.